Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We are, are talking about serving our current students, uh, empowering them through education. And in our last show, we talked about testing and placement and and prerequisites and, and some of the bad things that come from those. This time around, what we want to talk about is expanding on some of that and and talking about the idea of, of really working with our, our current students uh, through different flexible schedules and, and different modalities uh, of instruction. Yes, at last week we, we spoke very uh, poignantly about the variety of online uh, options. Yet, in a conversation, you, all you're going to hear about is the re remote asynchronous. And you're going to get the question of, how are you going to teach them chemistry or biology or physics? How are you going to do the lab when they're in asynchronous? Well, you can. There are, you can purchase kits. But you can also have your lab or yourself, goodness forbid, that, that we help our students and prepare packages for them. So it could be done. But again, this is one extreme. A flexible education is a spectrum. It includes on the one end of it, that online asynchronous, it includes on the other end of it, the in-person. But there's a whole middle range there. And, and we rattled off a few things uh, uh, last week. We talked about the open labs. We talked about flipped classrooms. And we briefly touched on the length I'm hoping that in this segment, we address some of those and we let the folks know that it's not just asynchronous remote online education and in person. Let's, let's stop with that. It's not just vanilla and chocolate flavors that are out there. To use your example from a couple of weeks ago, there, there is a plethora and, and we can keep on adding to it. Yeah, you know, one of the things I think about with, with flexible scheduling, uh, you know, like the obvious go-to there is, you know, oh, you have evening classes available or, you know, classes at differing times. And and yes, that is a part of it and, and probably the the simplest part of it. But, you know, there there's also this great idea of, you know, having these rolling cohorts so that, if you don't get in, you know, as everybody is getting ready to start classes for the fall in about a month, uh, if you miss that window, you don't get told, we'll come back in January. Uh, you know, so this idea that maybe you are offering, you know, shorter term classes. So maybe you're offering instead of only 16 week, you have eight week options. Maybe you have four week options. You know, it depends on on the content, what you're doing, how you're going to do that. So you have an opportunity to tell, tell a student that, hey, we can't get you in right now, but we're going to have a section of this that's going to open up in a month. And you have seen the, the private for profits do really well with that concept that, that they have these rolling cohorts that are, are opening up all the time for students. Yes. And somehow they have figured out how to make it A, attractive, and B, financially viable. 
So, so it's a success story. I mean, we can say all we want about uh, our disdain for them and, and how they're not really serving. In reality, they are serving equally well. Employers are hiring those individuals that are taking classes there or graduating from there at the same rate. And perhaps now more and more, given that they're the ones that are shrinking. So, so let, it's not in denying that the, those things are happening and existing and being successful that we're going to succeed. Rather than focusing on the students that we have. And like you said, the length of a term, we talked about it and we gave the example of, of colleges like Cornell College in Iowa that, that teaches in three and a half week. Uh, university in, in California teaches in four week terms. And they've been doing it for decades and they've been successful. So the idea that, no, no, unless it is taught in 16 uh, weeks, it's, I mean, my students can't do it. And you hear that very often. In reality, it doesn't matter. You can spread it over 360 weeks. You are teaching a certain number of minutes based on the Carnegie unit of education. So you can squish them into a shorter uh, window of time, or you can spread them out. But what's far more important is not the time that the student is spending. What's far more important is the learning that is happening in your classroom. This is where part of the flexibility is thinking about a competency-based education. It doesn't mean that you have to move toward a model such as is offered at Western Governors uh, University. It doesn't need to be that, but it could be akin to it. So you're recognizing what the student comes in equipped with, and rather than sticking them in your classroom for that term or two terms because you require them to take a prerequisite or whatever the circumstance is, you're starting them where they need you. And guess what? You set the standards. You say that this is what I accept. But somehow we're okay with international baccalaureate. Somehow we're okay with advanced placement. Somehow we're okay with transfer from other institutions. But we're not okay with what an individual learned. And I'm going to use you as an example. You spoke saliently a number of, on a number of occasions how you taught yourself particular uh, uh, software within the Adobe suite. Why would I want you to go back to... Photoshop 101, you're super advanced. Let's take you to the level where you start having difficulty and start you there. Wouldn't that make you a far more effective and successful student? Well, and, you know, to an extent, how insulting is it, you know, for, you know, okay, just use me again as an example. If, if all of a sudden... We said, oh, no, we're going to need you to, you know, go back to the beginning level class. You know, sure, you're you've been doing this professionally for almost a decade and, and you're doing well with it. And it's part of your everyday workflow. But we really need to say you started at the beginning. Um, is that going to be something for me as a student that I'm like, OK, that's cool. Um you know, are there going to be students that, okay, yeah, here's a class that I'll just coast through and get an easy A. Yeah, I suppose there's there, those students are out there. But at the same time now, suddenly, 
oh, you're going to make me pay for classes that I don't need? Like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. What What is the value that I am getting out of this? And and that that's a really good question to answer, you know, for, for an institution to answer, because at that point, what value are you providing? Right. So I've been in one situation where we had a student who had started at the University of Minnesota, one of the premier universities in this nation, who had completed successfully a college algebra class, but five years or six years prior. We consider that to have expired, and we put that student back in elementary algebra. So is our institution um, deeming the education of a materially superior institution of higher learning as inferior? Let's start with that. Let's start with how demeaning it is for that student, you know? to have been accepted at the highly selective institution. And we're saying, eh, it's valueless. Let's put you back in kindergarten. Right. And then let's talk about flexibility from, you know, we talked, we talked about the length of the term, but let's also talk about uh, creating open labs whereby we're not forcing our employees, faculty and staff to work any additional hours. But what we're doing is, Combining those hours and opening it up for students more access points. And this is important, especially in two-year colleges, especially in non-selective uh, institutions that are more and more going to be seeing part-time individuals who need to work. And when you need to work, you know it, and, and I know it, and I'm sure our viewers know it, our schedules are not set in stone. Yeah, and, you know, I, I know we have uh, rooms that, that sit empty for uh, a lot of time during the day, and the idea that that could be open for a student to take advantage of would be great. So we've been talking about, you know, better ways to serve our, our students through flexibility, through different modalities. If you enjoy topics like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ad on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ad.